All right, so good news. The sound quality was better last week because I held this thing right next to our respective mouths. So we're still waiting for the good recorder to show up. But until then, this is not the worst. Could be worse. So uh, this week, how did we get here? I guess it's because we were watching obscure shows, like shows that were forgotten. So we watched It's About Time. It's about space. It's about time to slap your face, which somebody commented was a schoolyard rhyme at the time, if you're in the mood to abuse your friends. Uh, And then we watched Occasional Wife, the far more forgotten and far less popular show. But in both cases, they kind of sucked. They weren't that good. (laughs) So we realized like, oh, maybe if you look up shows that are in like list of top 10 shows that you no one remembers, you know, that's probably not a great starting place because there's probably a reason why no one remembers them. So instead, when we were looking up these lists, we veered off slightly to the uh, maybe better, maybe worse, top 10 most ridiculous premises for a show. And we were looking through those and we're like, yeah, these do sound pretty bad, but not funny bad, not like you'd want to watch them bad. And then we saw My Mother, the Car. Uh And I remembered that name. I don't remember ever seeing the show, but I remember that name. So uh, I did, uh, there's not a lot about this show, so I didn't do a ton of research, but uh, I think we're in for a bad time again this week. (laughs) So let me just tell you what I got here. My Mother the Car is an American fantasy comedy that aired for a single season on NBC in 1965 for 30 episodes. So that same era, this was one year before those other two shows. The premise features a man whose mother is reincarnated as an antique car who communicates with him through the car radio. So that's, you know, an extremely stupid idea. But what's weird is the show was created by Alan Burns and Chris Hayward, who had success with, and listen to these, these are like good shows, Rocky and Bullwinkle, The Munsters, and Get Smart. They were involved in all those shows, which to varying degrees are good. Well, they're well-known shows for sure. Yeah. And uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, all those shows, I feel like probably hold up to some degree. However, critics and adult viewers panned this show. In 2002, TV Guide proclaimed My Mother the Car to be the second worst show of all time behind the Jerry Springer show. (laughs) Yikes, right? So, I mean, you can't get much lower than that. And poor Jerry passed away this week. Oh, he did? He? I didn't hear that. Yes, he did. Wow, he did seem like he's very vibrant, just one of those guys, always still still going. So, man. Not only was he one of those people, uh, people kept saying he was the mayor of some big city. Some big city is right, he was the mayor of Cincinnati. <laughs> nice. <laughs> one point in time, big city. The land of WKRP. Well, rest in peace, Jerry. I mean, hey, just out of respect, we probably weren't going to do Jerry Springer's show anyway, but we'll, we'll leave it off of uh, <laughs> these examinations of terrible shows. However, my mother of the car... So, uh, yeah, just strange that the other shows these guys made, you know, it seems like the at least the premise coming out of the gate was, you know, relatively okay. Even if stuff like maybe the Munsters is just a rip off of the Adams Family. But, hey, you know, rip off the best. Why not? My Mother the Car, I, I wish I could have found a little more information about it because, like, you had to know going into it that you're really walking a tightrope of the what are the chances that this is good? Why did anyone even greenlight it? <laughs> Well, they need 30 shows. Yeah, but I mean, that's clearly uh, clearly a failure. I mean, yeah, they didn't cancel it mid-season, but they, after this one season was done, they were out. So uh, I got two episodes of My Mother the Car. These, I believe, are all on YouTube if anybody wants to watch them. So I got the first episode so we can see how, how the mother gets reincarnated as a car, I guess. 
And then the other episode I grabbed was episode 12. And I just grabbed that because it's called And Leave the Drive-In to Us. So I just uh, I just like drive-ins. That's one of those nice nostalgic things that even though I was born in 79, I just barely got to experience. Oh, are they saying drive-in or driving? Drive-in. So I don't know what the episode's about, but it just if it's about a drive-in, you know, I like drive-ins. I only got to go two or three times to a drive-in in my life. But, uh, you know, at least I got to experience it a little because that's, you know, if movie theaters are hanging on by a thread, drive-ins are gone. Like, I, I think they exist technically, but not as anything but a super specialty thing. So I decided even if this show is awful, maybe we can get a little drive-in nostalgia. However, to go with this, these two episodes, as always, The Simpsons has referenced everything from this era because, you know, all the Simpsons writers grew up in this era, so they reference all these things. There's probably an It's About Space fucking It's About Time reference somewhere in The Simpsons that I just never noticed before. So they don't have a direct reference to My Mother's the Car, but there's this episode from 97 or so called The Simpsons Spin-Off Showcase, Season 8, Episode 24, that I remember this show, this wasn't one of my favorite episodes at the time because I really didn't get the jokes where it's like, what if we did make a spin-off of The Simpsons? But all the spin-offs are, you know, takeoffs on corny TV of the past. So there's a 1980s buddy cop episode which we haven't really done any shows like that specifically on this podcast, but then they do a super corny 70s style variety show, which we've unfortunately done several of those, and they're always really bad, but it's just like the Simpsons making fun of those. But the the main reason why I want to watch this Simpsons episode, we'll just watch it in between, is there's a, one of the spinoffs is called The Lovematic Grandpa, where Grandpa Simpson passes away and is reincarnated as a love tester machine in uh in Moe's bar so it's not directly my mother the car but clearly it is you know it's like that's gotta be what they're referencing with that so I remember when I saw this you know I was like 18 years old when I saw this and I was like the lovematic grandpa like I do not get this what is going on is like the joke just that this is bad but I feel like now that we've watched a bunch of these old shows and these variety shows and stuff I think this episode of the Simpsons is going to work better for me now because I have a way better idea of what these people are making fun of, you know? And uh, also, James L. Brooks, he was one of the main producers on The Simpsons. He was also involved in My Mother the Car. So I bet dollars to donuts. They were in the writer's room, and they were like, what was that dumb show you used to work on 20 years ago? My Mother the Car? Let's do the Love Matic Grandpa. And I'm sure he was just like, great, thanks, guys. Thanks for mocking my career. <laughs> but that's close enough that I thought we'll split up the My Mother the Car's with uh, the Simpsons spin-off showcase. Okay, let's go for it. All right. Cross your fingers. So I guess it is important to uh, restate that this is considered by many to be one of the worst TV shows ever made. TV I Guide have to said, agree. "Yeah." So I mean, yeah, it's like obviously it was awful. <laughs> it was really bad, <laughs> but but I guess there's still some mildly interesting things we could say about it. So uh, first off, it's kind of neat that 
the first one I grabbed, episode one happened to be from the DVD release that has the laugh track removed. Then episode 12 was the TV version with the laugh track in. But I guess what I realized from that is when a show is this brutal, like this terminally unentertaining, the laugh track makes no difference whether it's there or not. You know, like it just it just didn't matter. Like the lameness of this show just overwhelmed any other, you know, sense. You know, it's pretty sad when you're watching a comedy show and you're wishing it would finish. Yeah. Just get over, get on, get on and get it over. It's agony. I did learn some additional details that I think are interesting because I guess saying like I had to look up more, a little more after we watched the first one. I was just like, man, like this show is so bad and so much so that like even watching that Simpsons, like it is very clear that the Lovematic Grandpa is indeed based on this type of show, you know, maybe a little Mr. Ed or something, but basically this, it even had the silly theme song. But yeah, it's like, it's such an unfunny idea that even the Simpsons one is not really that funny. But as I was saying while we were watching it, I can't blame them. I don't know how, how do you make a parody of this or of a, a corny 70s variety show and actually make it good? If the Simpsons can't do it, no one can do it. <laughs> and these people didn't even come close. Yeah, so I was saying like, there has to be more to this story. Like, why did these guys especially with their track record of making other good shows. Like, what what was the thought process? So I learned, My Mother of the Car was inspired by Noel Coward's 1941 play, Blythe Spirit, in which a man is haunted by the spirit of his deceased first wife who tries to disrupt his marriage with his second wife. And the twist is that only he can see or hear the ghost. So... I mean, that's probably a pretty... I've never heard of Noel Coward before, but that sounds well, like Noel a... Noel Coward's famous actor. Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah, from the vaudeville-type days, 20s, the 30s. Oh, yeah, well, well-known, well-known stage actor. And that sounds like... I mean, I can't tell from this description if, if that was a comedy or a serious drama, but it could be either, you know, with your... With your if, it, if it's the drama of you're haunted by your wife, I could see that working. But even as a comedy... It would be so much better than this because, you know, this guy is getting constantly messed with by his vindictive first wife. Well, why they felt in this one that they had to put the spirit in a car. Yeah. Like, what's that all about? Well, that's where even these additional details are not additional enough because uh, in Hayward's sitcom variation, the man's wife would come back as a car after dying in an automobile accident. So the pilot was dubbed my wife the car and was sold to United Artists. But executives, this, I don't know what this means, but executives thought that the idea smacked of necrophilia and changed the spirit to his mother rather than his wife. So these guys intended to do a show about an ex-wife haunting the guy. The network changed it to the mom, which is a much less funny, much more annoying idea, much more pointless, and smacked of necrophilia. I don't know what that means. Is this guy going to go fuck his car? Like, like, what is the problem with that? I don't know. And I mean, I guess because because anything about, you know, it being morbid, it's no less morbid if it's a mom than a wife. So I don't know what that means. However, the other uh, very <laughs> just sad part about this, you're mentioning that, oh, that's Jerry Van Dyke. That's Dick Van Dyke's brother. So the show starred Jerry Van Dyke, Dick Van Dyke's younger brother, 
who landed the role after making what could be considered the worst career choice ever. Van Dyke joined the cast after turning down first the Don Knotts role in The Andy Griffith Show and second the lead role in Gilligan's Island, a role his agent urged him to take, but Van Dyke refused, choosing My Mother the Car because, as he said, it read like Neil Simon compared to the Gilligan's Island script. Which, to be fair, may be the script for the pilot if you've never seen Gilligan's Island and you're just reading a script. Yeah, it probably seems pretty dumb. It's a pretty dumb show, you know? But I still don't know how even Gilligan's Island at its worst could come off worse on paper than... Well, I guess, I guess to be fair, though, again, maybe this guy read the Gilligan's Island script and read the My Wife the Car script. And based on these two zany sitcom ideas, he chose the car one. I guess it's a somewhat understandable. But anyway, the fact certainly remains that he fucked up big time because those are two of the most classic roles in all of television. And he got this. So, uh, well, <laughs> yeah. you win some, you lose some. So anyway, I'm glad we could at least learn a little more about the history of how this god-awful show got made. But uh, yeah, I don't know. Got any closing thoughts or should All we just... I say is the mother is so annoying in that. I mean, especially they're at the drive-in. They're freezing. There's, it's snowing. Nobody can see anything anyway. And she insists on staying to the end. Just because she wants to see this actor that this, she likes. Yeah, in this, yeah. this actor. Sonny <laughs> Tufts. Similar to the last couple of weeks, too, where when you jump in and you try to fill in the gaps in your mind, like, so the cavemen have been dealing with the astronauts for the past 10 weeks and the occasional wife is still just his occasional wife for weeks and weeks and weeks. Same thing here. It's like we jump ahead to episode 12. He still can't tell anyone that his mom is in the car, which they also have no explanation for. I thought at least episode one would show the mom kicking off and then resurrecting somehow, but he just is in a car lot randomly, happens to be sitting in this classic car, and it just starts talking to him and says, hey, I'm your mom. Like, that's the worst setup in the world. And by episode 12, she's so annoying and obnoxious that I just wanted him to say, you know what, mom? Shut up. Yeah. We're going home. Yeah, you're a car anyway. I'm just going to leave you in the garage, and yeah. if I need your advice, I'll come ask you're just you. a car, and we're taking, the, we're taking the kids off in our station wagon to... Nevada or someplace, you know. And I guess it's a thing that, you know, people that are crazy don't know that they're crazy. But the circumstances of this are so random. Like, that's where I thought maybe, what if, uh, I don't know, his grandfather was a voodoo priest or something. Just some, some little tiny bit of explanation for how this could have possibly happened. If I was sitting in a car lot and, you know, my grandfather's voice or something just started coming out of the car... I would have to presume that I was crazy, <laughs> you know, even if it kept happening every day, I would be like, I guess I'm still crazy. Like, there's just no way anyone would accept this premise. And if not, let's presume it is a mother. Look, she's calling all the shots and he just kowtows to her all the time. I couldn't do that to my mother. Oh, it's my mother. Like, shut up. Yeah. Well, that's you know, have a, you're a grown man and she's a grown woman dead. But have a conversation. Don't just uh, let it, every show be kowtowing to mother. Ugh. Yeah, that's where the wife thing makes so much more sense. Because uh, even if it is just a vindictive wife who's upset that he's getting remarried, you know, at least that's a premise. This show doesn't even have a premise. The premise is just that no one else knows I love that the my mom. mom. Yeah. 
even if the whole family knew the mom was a car and they had to hide it or something, that'd be something. But it's even more annoying because he is the only one who knows. So it's just constant. He's just constantly. It sort of reminds me of like in a movie, like a horror movie where only certain people know what's happening, like killer clowns from outer space. But how can you ever make anyone believe you that there are killer clowns from outer space? You know, you're just stuck on this island by yourself. That's what this Jerry Van Dyke's character is like. Just he's just no one will ever believe him. He's in this fantastic situation. So it just makes everything uncomfortable and awkward all the time to no benefit, certainly not to, to humorous benefit. <laughs> you know, it's not making jokes happen. That reminds me of another Simpsons joke where it's just like he's trying to teach uh, Bart about, you know, the law. And he's like, why do you think I made you watch all those police academy movies for jokes? I didn't hear anyone laughing. Did you hear anyone laughing? That's what this reminds me of. Like, there's not even potential for jokes. So, but, but again, man, this must be like, I guess that's where I would maybe to give this show a tiny, a little bit of credit. Yeah, it's one of the worst shows ever, but I think it's more fair to say this is one of the worst studio decisions ever. Because if the producers of the show and the studio behind it are the ones that just with no rhyme or reason decided, no, no, it's not a wife anymore, it's a mom. Well, I mean, you just torpedoed an already extremely tenuous premise. It's already had little chance of working and you just made it impossible. So why not just not make it? <laughs> why, why make 30 episodes? Yeah, so I mean, that must have just been frustrating all around when the money men are that dumb and they're just ruining your already bad premise. <laughs> so, yeah, so again, I don't know what we're going to watch next week, but I think we just got to get out of this area because oh, I know we're in a rut here. We're watching so many bad shows from the 60s and there were some fabulous shows from the 60s. But these ain't, these ain't one of them. Yeah, yeah. I mean, thank God I've seen Gilligan's Island, say, or I've seen Beverly Hillbillies. And like, it's just that I know there are good shows from this era, because if you based it on our last three weeks, it's some of the worst shows of all time. And they all came out between 1965 and 1967. That was just a bad run, man, for sitcoms. <laughs> like, yikes. <laughs> so, yeah, I think we'll probably radically i mean what we were doing before this i don't remember how we got off track but we were we were back on british shows so i think we should just take a hard turn veer straight back into british land and just try to <laughs> try to just forget this whole thing ever happened <laughs> but anyway i mean at the very least at least now when i watch the lovematic grandpa episode of the simpsons i have a better sense of <laughs> Of what the heck was going on in that? I've lost all respect for old antique cars after watching this show. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's one reason why I found it so difficult to find this information about the show is because the only like research anyone has done about this show is that apparently that really was a quite a desirable antique car even at the time. So now that you jump us ahead all these decades, it's even more valuable. So. It's like car people are trying to figure out what, what happened to the car from my mother, the car, because any car that was featured in a TV show or a movie is immediately more desirable. So it's like, who owns the car now? But I'm like, I don't care. I don't give a, a fuck. <laughs> but I guess that is the one thing, which is pretty sad. Even that like it's one thing if you own like, man, I have the Batmobile from one of the Batman movies or something. But who cares if you own the car from my mother, the car? You shouldn't be proud of that. You should shamefully put it in a garage somewhere and never tell anyone that you spent a lot of money on it. All right. Well, anyway, join us next week for, uh, I mean. Something better. Yeah, I was going to say again, uh, rest in peace, Jerry Springer. Literally, whatever we watch next week cannot possibly be worse 
because the authorities say the only show worse was Jerry Springer. <laughs> we just watched the worst show of all time, basically. Famous last words, though. We'll see. Join us next week.